Yo, what's up, everyone? G Money Stacks here. You may remember me from shows like Off the Meat Rat Chains, New York Avenue podcast, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, Sports Edition show, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show. I'm here to talk to you at home about Spotify for podcasters. Why are you wasting and struggling with your money on a hosting site to promote your show with limited storages? Forget about it. Let's break this down. If you are a current Anchor user, don't worry about the changes. Everything will be the same with added new features. Spotify for podcasters, formerly known as Anchor, is a free hosting site and phone app that gives you old and new creation tools, also provides free hosting with access to record, upload videos from podcast episodes, edit, add music to your show, monetize, Q&A questions, polls, distribute your podcast on streaming platforms, tracking analytics, plus the show's growth audience from international places, Canada, USA, international, including Long Island and the five boroughs of New York and much more. You can get money from sponsorship with no minimum listenership. Spotify for podcasters also offers hosting and a way to upload podcast videos to attract listeners also keep track of the number number of streams these are the important keys to making a podcast if you like to create a podcast and be a guest co-host like myself you can download the free spotify for podcasters app on your iphones android phones ipads android tablets apple mac and dell laptops with windows Or check out the website for more information to get a head start on your podcast journey at www.podcasters.spotify.com. If I can reach success, so can you. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. I'm G Money Stacks, a.k.a. The Greginator. Thank you for listening to me and the podcast. Let's go.
Hey, good evening, USA International, Long Island, aka Strong Island, Canada, and the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Greginator, YouTube host with the most misunderstood, lonely nomad, unstoppable, independent podcaster, and and of course, Queens, New York native of Lawrence and Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with me on the 283rd episode of Off the Meat Rack Change New York Avenue podcast, live and direct from StreamYard and YouTube, and alongside with um, the Instagram live feed of the podcast show page. Make sure you follow that along with Threads and Facebook. And uh, we got a great, great jamming show for you today with wild, wild, crazy fun topics to get to um and if you are in, if you are in the youtube universe and you and you are new and you miss any previous episodes whatsoever don't worry i got your back all you need to do is go ahead and grab that subscribe button on the youtube channel page of g money stash triple five click on the noni noni bell along alongside with Alerts so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the every live stream. And of course, there's gonna be a little button that says notify me on when the live stream um podcast episode is going to start. And by the way, for you to and by the way, you can catch up on all the new and previous episodes in the live in the live section where all the live videos is at. So that's where you can find them. So there you have it right there. You have it right there. I just want to make that clarification. Um, because you know, because I don't want people to to assume that you can't find live videos when I already recorded um, over 280 episodes already, and this is 283 right now. So I'm trying to keep this going. So anyway, be sure to download the episodes, share the episodes, share the videos listen stream and watch these episodes and of course be sure to tell a friend to another friend and i will handle the rest at the end of the show so um yeah so that's pretty that's pretty much a clarification that i wanted to actually get out the way um because i get really annoyed i get a little annoyed when 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 certain people who claim that they don't see the videos, but it's under it's under the section of live videos. It wouldn't make any sense for me to to be doing to be doing videos and stuff like that if y'all find the full episodes on there. It's in the live section of the YouTube channel page. So you know what I'm saying? Just a little bit of a clarification for you folks out there, man. I just wanted to make that clarification. So you know what I'm saying. Um, all right. So um, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Um, let me see what we got here. Hang on one second. Um, all right, we got some transit stuff to talk about here. So let's get into it right here. We got some trends and stuff to get into right here. So let's get into the New York Mass Transit Files. 
I don't have anything mental health related to today as far as the topic. So as far as how I'm doing mentally, physically, and spiritually, overall, I am hanging in there. I'm doing all right, despite the ups and downs, which I'm pretty sure everybody does. So, you know what I'm saying? So here it is, the New York Mass Transit Files, man. Let's do this. Okay, on to transit stuff. All right, so this is according to the Gothamist website. Okay, let's get into it right here. Um, yes, the Gothamist. Yes, so so um, a 36-year-old man was fatally stabbed on a northbound J train at around 8 p.m. around. Brother. Yes, around 8 p.m. Um, on Tuesday, according to police. Cops say the train was approaching the Marcy Avenue and Broadway stop in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, when the man got into an argument with another man and a woman. The brief dispute ended when a when the other man pulled out a knife, stabbing the 36-year-old in the chest. He was taken to New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Hospital, Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital, rather, where he was pronounced dead, police said, adding that the man's name would be released after his family is notified. Okay, so, all right, so the, the man and the woman involved in the stabbing were both arrested at a nearby subway station after police officers spotted them based on their descriptions. They are currently in custody with charges pending. Their names have not yet been made public. Police said they are not sure what started the fight, but believe the victim and suspects were strangers. Of course, the investigation is still ongoing. Um, yeah. So, in other transit stuff that we need to get to right here, um, 
let's see another transit stuff that we need to get to um if i'm not mistaken uh let's see um let me see where did i leave oh okay so let's see yes metro north yes metro north here we go all right so full passenger service has been restored on metro north and amtrak following historic flooding in the hudson valley that shut down segments of railroad tracks governor kathy hoko and mta chief general leave greeted hudson line customers arriving at grand central terminal wednesday and said that that line um have been fully restored after being shut down for two days and its furthest reaches upstate between Croton, Harmon, and Poughkeepsie. Service has also been fully restored on the Hudson line between Southeast and Wasiac. The MCA was forced to shut down the northern segments of both lines following thousand-year flooding in the Hudson Valley earlier this week, which undated the tracks with water, littered the rights of way of debris like boulders, fallen trees, and mud, and even washed away some stone foundations undergirding the rail lines. Antrek has also restored its service between um, Penn Station and Albany, which uses the Hudson Line tracks in the southern in the southern portion. Damn. Damn, that's that sounds pretty scary, man. Unfortunately, that sounds pretty scary. Crews around, crews worked around the clock to clear debris from the tracks and restore the storm um, blast that served as foundations. Lieber noted that some workers even put in 24-hour shifts as part of the Herculean effort in restore service. Hudson Line service was restored Tuesday, even while Hudson Harlem Line service was up and running for the morning rush on wednesday and um for these lines to these lines to be open the hudson line fully open now Amtrak now fully open going all the way to up to albany is nothing short of extraordinary hoka said at grand central terminal wednesday morning this easily could have taken not just days but weeks to be able to restore the full service and as i saw on the faces of our commuters who are now back to work here in midtown they are so grateful of the extraordinary effort one train with 300 passengers had to be evacuated on sunday as a deluge of storm 
stormwater and debris inundated the Hudson Line, which is located immediately adjacent to its namesake, Hudson River, Hoku said. The MTA contracted with Yankee Line coach buses to provide partial bus service to affect the commuters during the shutdown. The storm pummeled upstate New York with up to nine inches of rainfall washing away homes and leaving leaving many roads impassable. One Orange County woman, 43-year-old Pamela Nugent, died after her home was damaged by falling boulders and she was swept away by the floodwaters as her traumatized fiance looked on. Oh boy. Oh wow. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, that part. Um the storm then moved to moved on to Vermont where a rope considerable destruction. The governor said that she has offered New York's assistance to Vermont Governor Phil Scott. As for the Empire State, the full extent of the damage is not clear, but Hoku said that she expects the total will surpass $35 million, making New York eligible for federal disaster relief. Um... Extreme weather events are becoming more frequent and more um, intense as the effects of climate change manifest on the planet, requiring costly efforts to fortify existing infrastructure. I cannot stand here and say this will be the last time that we have a weather event like we just went through. The governor at the go yeah the governor noticed. Excuse me. Um. Okay. Wait. Thirty-five million dollars. Okay. Thirty-five million dollars. And some more transit stuff. Um, Biden getting involved in transit. So the Biden administration has awarded the eye-popping $6.88 billion to build new excuse me to build new train tunnels under the Hudson River between New York and New Jersey with plans to start constructing the new tubes next summer and finally get the ball rolling on the long um um just gestating gateway project the funds um from the federal transit administration's Capital Investment Grants Program announced Thursday by Senate um, Marjorie um, Leader, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer constitute the federal government's largest ever grant for a transit project and the largest transportation grant ever awarded in New York State. Well, $6.88 billion is a lot of money. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yes, so here we go. Um, but the historically 
large funding announcement is befitting a project like Gateway, which Schumer has long considered his pet project and on Thursday described as the biggest and most important infrastructure project in America. Gateway is the most consequential infrastructure project in all of America, Schumer said at the press conference overlooking the Long Island Railroad's West Side Yard in Manhattan. And everyone across the country agrees if the tunnels that cross the Hudson laps or are unusable, our whole economy goes into turmoil. <sighs> Don't like the sound of that. Yeah, every day, 200,000 people pass through the North River Tunnel and a closure affects not just the entire Northeast Corridor, but the entire country, said um, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg in a statement. Today, we are proud to announce that the Hudson River um, project is entering the engineering phase moving us a huge step closer to finally revitalizing and expanding this century-old piece of American infrastructure. The grant will go towards constructing new underwater tunnels under the Hudson for Amtrak and New, new Jersey Transit to supplement the existing 110-year-old tunnels that were heavily damaged during Hurricane Sandy in, tw in 2012. She said once construction is underway, completion can be expected in about six or seven years. Ooh, okay. Once the new tunnels are finished, Amtrak, which owns the tubes, can shut down the old ones to refurbish them and address lingering storm-related damage when the old tunnels are refurbished train capacity crossing the Hudson would have been doubled, though funding for that portion of the project has not yet been secured. The total cost of the tunnel project is pegged at $17.18 billion, according to the FTA, with the feds paying 50% and the states of New York and New Jersey agreeing to split the other half wow but the senator conceded that the project could easily see cost overruns mainly due to the extensive delays and false starts that have long plagued the venture on the previous administrations at the state and federal levels. To address that, the Gateway Development Commission, the bi-state public authority facilitating the program is expected to be allocated an additional $3.8 billion, Schumer said. In 2009, 
His tenure as New Jersey governor, Chris Christie, now running for the Republican presidential nomination, controversially canceled a similar project called Access to the Region's Core, or ARC, even after hundreds of millions of dollars had already been spent. Amtrak announced Gateway in 2011, and the Obama Obama administration sought to create a cost-sharing agreement between the feds and the states of New York and New Jersey, but momentum stalled during the Trump administration, which was hesitant to commit federal funding to what it called a local project. (sighs) The glimmers of hope have returned since Joe Biden took the White House, Schumer argued, especially after the passage of the president's partisan infrastructure law, um, which allocated tens of billions of dollars to transit projects. But with Biden up for a tough re-election fight next year, Schumer, uh, Washington's most powerful Democrat, is scrambling to shore up funding and break ground quickly to prevent the project from once again becoming a political football that never gets built we have to do this quickly because these are 100 year old tunnels and they don't have much time left says schumer we're rushing to get money now so we can get it under a friendly administration like much of the city the century old tunnels were flooded with sewer with excuse me seawater during Hurricane Sandy, heavily damaging its concrete bench walls and electrical wires powering trains. The Northeast Corridor between Boston and Washington, D.C. is by far the busiest train line in Amtrak's portfolio, coupled with New Jersey transit traffic. The existing tunnels have reached their maximum capacity for train crossings, even as transit ridership remains below pre-slandemic baselines. The sandy damage has given way to cascading failures in the tunnels in the years since causing delays and headaches for the over 200,000 commuters who traveled through it each day, excuse me, each weekday on over 400 trains. The new tunnels are just one part of the larger gateway project, which also includes building new bridges and tunnels within New Jersey and refurbishing the old tunnels. Earlier this year, Biden visited Hudson Yards to announce $292 million in funding to finish concrete casings under the west side of Manhattan, which will surround tracks leading between Penn Station and the new tunnels. Ooh. $292 million. Um, okay. The feds have also awarded funding for the reconstruction of the Tonnelly Avenue and Porto North Bridges in New Jersey. All gateway related projects are not expected to be completed until the late mid to late 2030s. But to Schumer, Thursday's grant represents a new attitude from Washington towards the project. All the problems we have seen in the past are over, says Schumer. With today's new dollars, gateways 
future is assured. Okay. Okay. All right. So we got one more transit stuff that we need to get to. So for those of you who take the M train, um, you might want to listen to this, folks. The MTA announced Monday that M trains will be out of service for nearly a week starting Wednesday. Starting Wednesday, August 30th, in order to, for the agency to do track work, there will be no train service on the M, the M line from 9.45 p.m. August 30th through 5 a.m. Tuesday, September 5th, according to the MTA. Whew. I mean, that's not going to sit well. That's I don't know if that's going to sit well with all these people who are trying to go to Manhattan and other boroughs. The transit agency said the closure will allow construction workers to remove and replace the switches just south of Middle Village Metropolitan Avenue Station in Queens. The MTA will be offering free M90 shuttle buses. Um, between Middle Village Metropolitan Avenue and Myrtle Avenue Station in Brooklyn, which will make all local stops where riders can connect to J and Z service. Riders can also transfer from the M90 to the L at Myrtle Wickoff Avenues for service to Manhattan. The MTA is also providing alternative service for M riders between Manhattan and Forest Hills. Riders can transfer from the J train to the F train at Delancey Street, Essex Street for service through Manhattan to Forest Hills, 71st Avenue, Continental Avenue. Um, riders can also transfer from the M90 to the L at Myrtle Wickoff Avenues to the F train at 6th Avenue, 14th Street that will go to Forest Hills. All trains will provide local service between Manhattan and Forest Hills. Overnight, the E and F trains will provide local service from Queens Plaza to Forest Hills, 71st Continental Avenue. For further information, riders can go to the MTA's website that lists planned service changes. And if you have a chance, you can download the My... Um, 
hold on, let me, hold on, no, um, yeah, go to the website to find out. I was gonna say there's there's an app for this. I was gonna say there's an app for this actually. Um, yeah, there, yeah. Um, what is it? MTA. Um, my MTA, something like that. Um, anyway. Anyway, let's get to. All right. Um. Okay, um, let's get to, all right, all right, um, we got some sad, sad, sad news regarding an actor, Paul Rubin, aka Pee Wee Herman, who basically passed away. So let's get it to it right here in chat and all the jazz right here, man. Let's do this. Yes. Unfortunately, we got some sad news to talk about here. Um regarding Paul Rubens. Um so recently, according to variety.com. Paul Room is the actor best known for portraying the irresponsible, joyfully childlike um, Pee Wee Herman um, is dead. Sunday night after a private uh, private bout of cancer, he was 70 years old. He said, in quote, please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. Ruben in a statement posted to Instagram after his death. I, I have always felt a huge amount of love and respect from my friends, fans, and supporters. I have loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. 
Um, the Pee Wee Herman character was known for his bright and red, bright red bow tie, gray suit, and flat top haircut, and delivered his well-known cat catchphrases like "I know you are, but what am I?" in a distinctive squeaky, squeaky, high-pitched voice. Oh boy, that's rough, man. That's really rough right now. Um, that has to be very rough, man. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it is pretty rough. Um, let's get into. Um, let's keep going here. All right. Um, all right, let's keep going here. Last night, we said farewell to Paul Rubens, an iconic American actor, comedian, writer, and producer whose beloved character, Pee Wee Herman, delighted um, generations of children and adults with his positivity, whimsy, and belief in the important the importance of kindness, wrote Rubens estate in the caption. Paul bravely and privately fought cancer for years with his trademark tenacity and wit. A gifted and prolific talent, he will forever live in the comedy um, pantheon and in our hearts. And in our hearts, hold on. In our hearts, as a treasured friend and man of remarkable character and generosity of spirit. Born in New York, but raised in Sarasota, Florida, Rubens began his career in the 1970s after joining the Los Angeles live comedy trope, The Ground, The Groundlings, as an improvision improvisational comedian and stage actor in 1980 he launched the Pee Wee herman show a stage production centered on a fictional character he had been developing for years as Pee Wee became a cult figure <sighs> you mean classic man stop calling in the cult classic sheesh classic figure i'm gonna say classic figure of a fucking cult man Rubens show ran for five sold out months and he landed a special at HBO. Rubens also committed to the character in his interviews and public appearances. In 1985, he teamed with Tim Burton on Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the character featured feature film debut, which was a critical and commercial success. Rubens returned three years later for a follow-up film, Big Pete. Big Top Peewee, helmed by Randall Kleiser. The character transitioned to television from 1986 to 1990 on CBS Weekend Morning Show Peewee's Playhouse. Influenced by vintage kids, shows like Captain Kangaroo, oh man, the artistically, 
um, <laughs> groundbreaking <laughs> Captain Kangaroo. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The artistically groundbreaking Pee Wee's Playhouse won several Emmys and featured colorful, um, postmodernist set design and music from new wave icons like Mark Mothersburg, Cindy um, Looper, and the residents, along with guest stars, including Lawrence Fishburne, Natasha um, Leon, and Jimmy Smits. Rubens has already decided to end Pee-wee's Playhouse when his image as a beloved childhood hero was tarnished in 1991 after he was arrested for indecent exposure at an adult movie theater in Sarasota, Florida. At the center of a national sex scandal, Rubens backed away from Pee-wee and began doing press as himself. In the aftermath of the arrest, he did receive support from his fans and other celebrities and appeared at the 1991 MTV Video Music Awards, receiving a standing ovation. Heard any good news? excuse me, heard any good jokes lately, he said to the crowd. He wouldn't again reprise the iconic role until 2010 when he revived the Pee Wee Herman show on Broadway and made several other appearances on WWE Raw and in a couple of digital sketches for Funny or Die. In 2016, Rubens co-wrote and starred in Netflix's Pee Wee's Big Holiday a sequel to 1988's Big Top, which would serve as Rubens' final film role before his death. Throughout his career, Rubens starred in a variety of other projects as well, including Kinka Usher's superhero comedy, Mystery Men, and Ted, um, Ted Dem's biographical crime drama, Blow. <laughs> um, he also appeared and Batman Returns, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Matilda. And his television credits include 30 Rock, The Blacklist, Pushing Daisies, Hercules, Rugrats, Reno 911, and What We Do in the Shadows. In 2002, turning himself into the Hollywood division of the Los Angeles Police Department, Rubens was charged with misdemeanor possession of obscene material inappropriately depicting a child under the age of 18 in sexual conduct. A self-proclaimed collector of erotica, Rubens disagreed with the city's classification of pornography. His child pornography charges were dropped in 2004 after he agreed to plead guilty to a lesser misdemeanor obscenity charge. In, in an interview with NBC News, Stone Phillips Herman said in 2005, one thing I want to make very clear, very, very clear, I don't want anyone for one second to think that I am, I am um, titillated by images of children. It's not me. You can say lots of things about me and you might. The public may think I'm weird. They think they may think I'm crazy or anything that anyone wants to think about me. That's all fine. As, as long as one of the things you're, you're not thinking about me is that I'm a pedophile because that's not true before his death rubens was developing two peewee herman projects one a black comedy titled the peewee herman story 
and the other a family adventure film called Pee Wee's Playhouse, the movie. All right, so. All right, so Sleep in Paradise to um, Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman. Okay. So, let's see. Two places avoided the strike. Yeah. And this is according to Reuters, um, most recently. Um, thousands of UPS workers will start voting on their tentative contract agreement with the delivery giant on Thursday after local leaders of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters endorsed the union's deal after the, this week. The tentative deal covering 340,000 Teamsters represented workers at United Parcel Service averted a threatened strike that could have weakened havoc on the U.S. economy by disrupting about a quarter of the nation's parcel shipments. In a meeting in Washington on Monday, Teamsters local leaders voted 161 to 1 for the deal. The agreement would raise wages for all UPS workers, provide another paid holiday, and a two-tier wage system for drivers, and add air conditioning to new models of the company's ubiquitous ubiquitous brown trucks, um, according to the Teamsters. Leaders from Teamsters, locals oversee messaging and sell the deal to members who vote through August 22nd. Analysis who follow UPS expect workers to ratify the deal, but caution that anti-corporate sentiment is running high and note that some part-timers are grappling to make ends meet. An employee group called Teamsters Mobilize is running a vote no campaign seeking a better deal for part-time workers whose hourly wage is significantly below that of full-timers, said Peter um, Linso, a group leader in Chicago who joined UPS more than a year ago. The group is seeking part-time base pay of at least $25. The tentative deal would raise it to $21 from the current $16.20. Ooh. Hmm. Um. Jose Negrete, a 25-year part-time worker in Anaheim, California, joined Teamsters, mobilized, and is voting no. The contract does not go far enough, Negrete said by telephone, as he waited to order at an In-N-Out burger joint, which advertises jobs at roughly the same pay as UPS's new part-time base rate. Um... It remains to be seen whether the group K 
can mobilize enough part-timers who account for about half of UPS workers. Their turnover is high and 10% or fewer typically vote on contract deals, um, Ling So said. Um, and um, overall turnout for the last ratification vote in 2018 was 44%. Meanwhile, representatives from 14 out of 176 locals did not attend Monday's meeting, the union said. It was not immediately clear why. Local 89, one of the largest with about 10,000 workers in Louisville, Kentucky, was the sole dissenting vote. One person familiar with the meeting outcome told Reuters, its representatives did not respond to a request for comment. And yeah, so that's just, you know, okay, so this one, they averted the strike, thank goodness. Thank goodness they, they averted the strike because I don't think it will be any, I don't think it will do any good. Um, it ain't going to do any good. All right, so another place that avoided the strike is Broadway. Okay. A preliminary deal was struck between a union representing theater workers on Broadway and a number of organizations representing management, including Disney, theatrical, a major sub subsidiary of the media conglomerate, on Thursday, July 20th, the agreement helped avert a looming strike that would have paralyzed an industry already facing a sharp increase in labor activity, including two major strikes by Hollywood writers and actors. Shit. Um... The deal was reached less than a day after the union plan to walk off the job, shutting down 28 major shows in New York and a handful of touring performances around the country. The deal needs to be ratified by union membership before the risk of a strike is over. The International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, which represents backstage employees like costume designers and set hands, first proposed the strike to improve wages and working conditions. What the hell is working conditions, man? I'm still having a hard time with that shit, with that phrase. The preliminary deal reportedly includes employer provided health care and guaranteed housing for actors on the road. The Broadway League, the trade organization negotiating on behalf of management issued a joint statement with the IATSE announcing the deal and said the organizations would inform their members of the details of this agreement in the coming days so a summer of strikes is not just hollywood a strike by the ia 
TSE would have been the latest in the series of labor actions roiling the entertainment industry with unionized Hollywood actors joining screenwriters on strike last week. Jeez, man. All told, more than 75,000 industry workers represented by the Writers Guild of America, the Screen Actors Guild, and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists have walked out over diminished wages, lowly residuals from streaming platforms, and attempts by studios to use artificial intelligence to steal their likeness, which I previously talked about episodes ago, and to break down what that means. Um, it's not just the entertainment industry, according to the Bloomberg News announces 650,000 American workers are either on strike or threatening to go on strike this summer, marking the busiest summer for unions in decades. Most of that mind-boggling figure stems from the looming nationwide strike by the United, United um, Parcel System, which averted the strike, by the way, which... Um, with more than 340,000 workers would be the largest strike in in U.S. history. Over 97% of rank and file UPS workers represented by the Teamsters voted to authorize a strike in June, given ongoing negotiations a deadline of July 31st, uh, which already passed. Additionally, um, the United Auto Workers threatened a strike against the three largest American automakers, Ford, General General Motors, and Stellantis. After negotiations broke down between management and more than 150,000 unionized employees, the conflict stems from the automakers' broad plans to lay off workers. Excuse me, lay off employers. Um. Despite all three companies reporting profits, profits in the first quarter of this year. Hmm. Well, glad Broadway and the UP and the UPS averted the strike. It wouldn't have been. It wouldn't not be this good, man. You know what I mean? Um, let's see. Okay, so let's um so let's take it to the best states to live a long, healthy life. Okay, this is according to Fox to the Fox Five and Wide website. A new study by Life Extension ranked New York. 18th and New Jersey 16th on a list of the best and worst states to live in for a long and healthy life. According to the website, the best states tend to have scenic outdoor areas and active populations like Hawaii. Um, seven of the 10 states with the longest life expectancies also rank in the top 10 for living a healthy lifestyle and the 10 states with the unhealthiest lifestyles also have the lowest expectancies. U.S. life expectancy has declined two years in a row. Globally, 
the United States ranks 40th for life expectancy at 78.5. Here's a deep dive into their rankings. Of course, obviously, New York. Life expectancy, 77.7. Healthy lifestyle ranking, 25. Share of adults with anxiety symptoms, 28.8%. Share of adults with insufficient sleep, 34, 34.6%. Um, share of adults who eat fruits, ve vegetables every day, 71.3%. Uh, share of adults at a healthy weight, 34.4%. Share of population living with a half mile of a park or school, 94.5%. Okay, so share of state GDP for outdoor recreation, 1.3%. Percentage of single-person households, 30.9%. Now, on to New Jersey. Life expectancy, 77.5. Um, healthy lifestyle ranking, 15. Share of adults with anxiety symptoms, 24.2%. Share of adults with insufficient sleep, 34%, excuse me, 34.8%. Share of adults who eat fruit, fruits and vegetables every day, 71.45%. Share of adults at a healthy weight, 33.2%. Um, share of a population living with a half mile of a park or school, 91.4%. Share of state GDP for outdoor recreation, 1.5%. Percentage of single person households, 26.2%. All right, so the top five states includes um, number one, um, Hawaii, number two, Minnesota, Vermont, number three, number four, Washington, and number five, New Hampshire, which is in Long Island. Um, bottom five states, Kentucky, number 47, 48, Louisiana, number 49, Alabama, number 50, Mississippi, and number 51, West Virginia. Okay. Um, all right, so y'all can let me know in the comments if you if you think this is if you think this is uh if this is if these states that I included is considered the 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 healthiest way to live life or is it or is it not? Y'all can let me know. All right. Um, all right, so let's get to, let's get to, um, of course, um, Governor Murphy. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy filed a federal lawsuit Friday to block a contentious plan to impose the nation's first congestion price and toll system on some of Manhattan's busiest streets. The Garden State Governor's suit in New Jersey federal court claims the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Federal Highway Administration didn't conduct a proper review of the toll's impact 
on New Jersey drivers claiming they be unfairly targeted. Hmm. After refusing to hold on a second. After refusing to conduct a full environmental review of the Metropolitan Transportation Authority's poorly designed tolling program, the FHWA has unlawfully fast-tracked the agency's attempt to line its own coffers at the expense of New, New Jersey families, Murphy said in a statement. Jeez. <sighs> Yeah, that doesn't sound too good, man. It does not sound good. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound good at all. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound good at all. Okay, um, let's see, where was I? Yes, so, yes, so the cost of standing idly by while the MTA uses New Jersey, New Jersey residents to help balance its budget sheets are more than economic. In a later interview with radio host John Casimatidis, a defiant Murphy declared we have a couple of hundred thousand commuters going into Manhattan every day. We're not some sort of fly spec here. We're not going to take it, he vowed, adding, we will not relent. Isn't that some shit? <sighs> um, I don't think so. Okay, so so Jersey communities, he asserted, will not be gouged. The suit charges the FHWA made the decision to rubber stamp the review process that inexplicably, inexplicably found there would be no significant impact on the human or natural environment, the suit charges. The review found the tolls imposed on streets south of 60th Street in Manhattan could reduce car traffic in the so-called Central Financial District by as much as 60%, though would likely result in more traffic in the outer boroughs and New Jersey. According to the governor's um, filing, the new toll system will divert traffic from Manhattan's busiest 
district and move it to New Jersey, which will not only bear the financial burden, but increase pollution that will harm the environment and residents, especially in Bergen County, New Jersey. Um, and although the plan figured to raise revenues for the MTA by $15 million and allotting $130 million to help mitigate the air quality impact on New York areas, it doesn't set aside any money to help mitigate the potential impact on New Jersey, the suit alleges. Jeez Louise. Um, let's see. Let me see. Let me see here. Okay, um, let's see. There will be dramatic shifts in traffic patterns affecting hundreds of thousands of vehicles as well as mass transit throughout New Jersey. It is undeniable, it is undeniable, excuse me. Dang it. Oh boy. Yes, unden yes, undeniable. Undeniable that the proposed action will cause significant environment impacts on the region and beyond the court papers claim. Um Murphy is asking a judge to issue injunctions and validating the environmental impacts review reviews that were done and forced the agencies to complete a full and proper review of the impacts. A spokesperson with the Federal Highway Administration said the agency does not comment on pending litigation. Murphy lured up last month with Pitbull attorneys Randy Mastro and Craig um, Caponito as he prepared to bring the lawsuit. The governor has been, been a, a staunch opponent of the proposal and even launching an ad campaign in May to try to lure New Yorkers to move to New Jersey in protest. In protest, um, in protest of con of the congestion pricing the mta hasn't set the price yet for what the toll will be which will which was slated to go into effect as early as next spring but it has said it could range from nine dollars to 23 dollars per day to drive a car in the targeted central business district um wow Um, MTA spokesperson John McCarthy um, said the suit is baseless and disputed the argument that the environmental review was insufficient. Hmm. 
Okay, so uh, um, let's see. Let's see. Okay. Um, all right. So before I get to before I get to the other topics, I want to get to I want to get to this one particular thing. Um. Okay. So National Soul Food Day, and yes, the name of this name of the episode right here is yes we like some soul food culture which is dedicated to national soul food day let's get to it let me take a look to see how much time we got here okay so all right so food memories it it's history soul food for example is It's a cuisine steeped in tradition. It began in the humble kitchens of African-American slaves as a one-pot meal cooked on a shelf over the fireplace. Excuse me. They had little to cook with, but they had memories of their home and loved their family. And the food reflects that. To remind us of this rich culinary tradition, the culinary um, historians of Chicago created National Soul Food Month in June. So while so while um, we enjoy these delicious food, delicious foods, let's not forget the history. Oh, brother! Anyway, um, let me see. So, so, so the timeline, okay, so, so the timeline, the, the current holiday tradition, the culinary historians of Chicago sponsored the first National Soul Food Month in 2007. Um, 1960, soul food grew in popularity. The term soul food attained greater status after Alex Haley recorded Malcolm X's life story, soul food restaurants served as a place where people socialized and ate together. 1900, fried chicken came to America. Scottish Im- Scottish immigrants had a tradition of deep frying um, chicken and fat. Many West, Af- West African dishes were also made with chicken that was fried in palm oil. 1700, America discovered okra. Ew. West African slaves who who came to America brought okra with them. It quickly became a popular item served with rice or in gumbo. Um. Okay. So. So. Some activities. Okay. So National Soul Food Month activities. Of course, it actually took place in June of this year. Um, eat at a soul food restaurant. Look up a well-reviewed restaurant in your area. We're pretty sure you you will love the food. Um, make some soul food for the whole family. Take your picks. Smothered pork chops, fried chicken, boiled cabbage, southern potato salad, stuffed peppers, 
or peach cobbler, the list goes on. Support soul food businesses. You can play a part in ensuring that African-American food traditions have a future. And um, four heartwarming soul food facts. Um, let's see. Number one, humble beginnings. Cooks use their skills to turn cheap and unappealing cuts of meat into delicious meals. Um, all hail kale. Number two, we only recently um, recognized kale as a soul food, excuse me, a superfood. Soul food has depended on its on it for ages. Number three, red is a flavor. In a soul food restaurant, red means a drink, strawberry, cherry, or tropical punch. No explanation required. Number four, it is also for the vegan soul. Soul cuisine has embraced many vegan recipes that are spicy, healthy, and delicious. Historically, chefs used seasonal vegetables to cook dishes with meat thrown in mainly for flavoring that shit is interesting of course why we love national soul food month you ask it keeps a culinary heritage alive even today dishes such as chitterlings don't know what that shit means or what it looks like um cornbread and grits are cooked the traditional way these recipes were handed down from generation to generation. It celebrates the history behind the food. History almost always get re recorded in food. National Soul Food Month celebrates the origins of this special cuisine. It reminds us to cook with love. Soul food does indeed have a soul. It's food that is cooked from the heart to feed the whole family. We can all learn something from that. And National Soul Food Month actually come from this year. This was this year. Um, it passed already. Next year it will be June 1st of 2024. That's a Saturday. June 1st, 2025. That's a Sunday. This year was a Friday. 2026. June 1st. That's a Monday. 2027. Tuesday, June 1st, and June 1st, 2028. That's a Thursday as well. Okay. And there you have it right there, folks. Um, there you have it right there, folks, about National Soul Food Day. That sounds pretty good. Um... Okay, Ken Jennings. According to the New York Post, Ken Jennings has been a staple of Jeopardy since he won 74 consecutive games back in 2004. Now, the 49-year-old former contestant has been co-hosting the long-running game show alongside Mayim Bialik since the late, great Alex Trebek passed away, passed in November 2020. Um, of course, obviously, Mayan Bialik is no longer hosting Celebrity Jeopardy because of the writers and 
and at this protest of the strike, unfortunately. Um, so, however, Jenny said he wouldn't have picked himself for the job if he was in charge of casting for the series. He told Utah outlet um, Desiree News um, recently that while hosting the show is his dream job, he would have picked someone else for the position. If I were hiring for that job, I would go with a sturdy broadcaster with decades of experience, not just somebody who happened, not just somebody who who happened to be good at the show many years ago, the Washington native confessed. But luckily, they took a chance on me. I kind of have to pinch myself every day. I do not take it for granted, he said. I was 100% confident I would not get a shot at the job because that would be insane. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um... Okay, so Trebek died three years prior from pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Hold on, folks. Yes, Trebek, um, three years prior from pancreatic. Hold on a second. Yeah. Sorry for the delay, folks. Um, I don't know what's going on with my tablet. One moment.
shots. This candy surplus. Um, I do see right there. Okay, so here we are. This shit the low man. This is crazy. I'm sorry. Um Trebek died three years, three years prior from pancreatic cancer and had been the trivia show's MC since nineteen eighty four. Jennings also looked back at how his wife get rid of this uh, how his wife Mindy gave gave him confidence when he was first filling in um Trebex's shoes. She's always been like a real reassuring presence for me. Like the first day I was filling in for Alex, I called home and she said, Well, how did it go? The 100 places to see after you die, Arthur Gust. And I said, Well, let me put it to you this way I am not Alex Trebek up there. And she said, Well, you know what? Maybe on his first day, he wasn't either. And I really needed to hear that right then. He continued. While Jennings has his hands full with hosting, he doesn't think he'll ever compete again in in the near future. He also joked that he's a little afraid to go back on show's stage because of his friendly feud with fellow Jeopardy champ James um, Holes. James Holes Howard. Jennings noted in quote, let me be very clear and on the record here. It's because I'm terrified of playing James because I think he would win. I'm very happy to be retired from Jeopardy because I think I got away with one in the GOAT tournament. He said, <laughs> he added that um, holes, holes, hammer, holler would just wipe the floor with me if we had to play again. So I feel very lucky to be retired. Ain't gonna do no ain't gonna be no rematch. Yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him. I really don't blame him. You know what I mean? I really don't blame this guy. Jeez. Really don't blame this guy. Um let's see. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. We're gonna continue where we left off here. We're gonna continue. All right, so Gen Z. Oh boy. Okay, so this is from cashmatters.org. All right, so a survey of 2,118 American adults conducted by the the, whole, the Harris Poll shows people born 1997 to 2005 are the group most likely to be raising their cash use, driven by factors including a greater sense of control and being more thoughtful with their spending when paying with physical money. They are followed by 47% of Gen Z 
no Gen X, excuse me, um, 1965 to 1980, and 37% of boomers, <laughs> 1946 to 1964, who are also using more cash now than previously. Cash provides a tangible and visual representation of financial resources, allowing people to set aside specific amounts for different categories of expenses. The, the popular budgeting strategy known as cash stuffing is built around this concept with money allocated each month to different categories such as rent, transport, groceries, and other essentials, plus where possible luxuries and savings. 70% of Gen Zers <laughs> um, using cash stuffing say they've been able to lower their monthly spend. In addition to more effective budget management, cash is also helping people to save. The survey shows 89% of Gen Z cash stuffers say they have been able to channel more money into savings. A rising awareness of the implications of an unrestricted digital footprint is also seeing people of all ages turn to cash as a method of limiting the data recorded on their spending habits. Eric Ma, president of Gim Electric um, Company in Chicago, explained to USA Today that he is an avid cash user. The reason I use cash is it is simpler to budget. Cash allows me to feel and control of my daily expenses. My family have also been victims of stolen credit cards, counterfeit um, checks, and stolen identities. So we try to keep our digital footprint at a minimum. Many countries saw a sharp increase of circulating cash as the pandemic progressed, with many people withdrawing banknotes to hold as a store of value and a reliable way to purchase essentials uh, should cashless options be temporary unavailable. Hmm. Since restrictions were removed and consumer habits have normalized, cash use is seeing a comeback as people are using it more for daily payments. These patterns underscore the vital importance of retaining cash in the payments landscape and ensuring people can freely access and spend it alongside cashless options that offer their own benefits. Cash is the most inclusive pay payment method. Its tangib tangibility also offers unique reassurance in certain economic climates and can help people better manage their incomings and outgoings, embracing a diverse payment ecosystem, which preserves cash is the best way to ensure everyone can choose the best payment methods to suit their particular financial needs and preferences. That's interesting. Okay. All right. Um, before I go to before I go into Slick Rick. We need to get into a graphic video of an alligator attack. Oh my gosh. So, this is according to TMZ. Graphic new video from the vicious gator attack. The victim screaming out in pain after his arm gets ripped 
off by the big reptile. 23-year-old Jordan Rivera flails his arms in the water, trying to strike the gator before collapsing in the water. His buddies dragged him out and discovered the horrifying results of the attack. His arm is nearly gone. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. That's crazy. This is crazy, man. to the story he slips in and out of consciousness screaming as folks around him attempt to stop the bleeding emts arrive and rush him to an awaiting ambulance a man in florida lost an arm after being attacked by an alligator outside a local watering hole the victim, a 23-year-old man, was attacked early Sunday morning at the at a pond behind Bandito's Bar. Bandito's Bar in Port Charlotte, Florida, according to the Florida Fish and Wild Conservation Commission. It sounds like it sounds it sounds um it sounds like the incident could have been a lot worse because a bar patron told local news outlet the daily sun he heard a man screaming in the darkness and rushed outside to look at him to look for him near the pond area helping him to safety Oof! oh my gosh so this person amy um gallo gator court trappers um captured a 10 10 5 alligator 10 10 5 alligator near a pond behind bandito's bar in port Charlotte sunday afternoon the florida and fish the florida fish and wild conservation commission um said it's the same gator that attacked a 23 year old man around 1 45 a.m sunday morning the good samaritan um, local resident Manny Hildago told the outlet he was yelling and swimming towards the shoreline. I ran and dragged him up onto the sand. He was, I was scared to get close to, to get close to the water because it was dark out. Florida officials say the victim suffered insufficient injuries in, in the attack and the Associated Press reports the man was airlifted to a hospital in Fort Myers where his arm was amputated while wildlife officials say a, a new nuisance gator trapper was called and removed the 10.5 foot gator from the property the gator was then 
humanely killed. You got to. You got to. Look, I'm sorry, but to to I'm sorry, but you have to you have to sometimes you have to do what you gotta do, man. Listen, last time I checked, alligators and sharks are not fucking friendly. They're not friendly. And you know what the crazy part is? This reminds me of a previous conversation I was talking to a I was talking to a customer in the parking lot while I was collecting shopping carts. This woman told me that she has a she has a snake as a fucking pet. Mind you, it's an exotic animal that's dangerous and poisonous. <laughs> I was like, as soon as she told me that shit, all bets are fucking off, man. I didn't even bother to give her my number because of the fact that <laughs> because I don't want to be around a poisonous snake, man. And that Samuel Jackson said in the rated R movie Snakes on a Plane. I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my Lord. That's funny, man. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Um. Gators are known to attack in the in the Sunshine State, where they are a dime in a dozen. As we reported, an alligator at a at a retirement community in Fort Pierce killed an 85-year-old woman in February as she was walking her dog by the water's edge. A toddler was also killed, similar circumstances, in 2016 at Disney World. Damn. Damn, sorry to hear to sorry to hear about the guy who lost an arm. That sucks, man. That can't be that can't be pretty. That can't be pretty right there, man. That is not pretty. All right, so what is this? Oh <sighs> songwriters. Oh boy. And this was from two months ago. This is from um, ASCAP.com. Of course, venues refuse to pay songwriters while profiting from their music. Damn. And this took place in the... This is... um, What is it? The American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers announced today that it has filed 13 separate copyright infringements, actions against bars and restaurants nationwide arising out of the unauthorized public performance of its members' copyrighted musical works. <laughs> ASCAP is a membership association that operates on a nonprofit basis and represents more than 92 excuse me, 920,000 independent songwriters, composers, and music publishers. Um, ASCAP um, ASCAP <laughs> ensures its members can earn a living from their art by licensing the public performances of their songs, collecting those license fees, and distributing royalties to its members. Nearly 90% of it, of 90% of the license fees um, um, ASCAP um, ASCAP of course collects goes 
directly to songwriters, composers, and music publishers as royalties. Um, as businesses have recovered from the slamdemic, they have returned to using music because it helps create an emotional connection and ambience that attracts the retained customers. Can commented um, as Cap Executive Vice President, Head of Licensing Stephanie um, Roy Roy Lee. However, each of the establishments sued today has decided to use music without compensating songwriters. Hundreds of thousands of well-run businesses across the nation recognize the importance of paying music creators to use their music and understand that it is both the lawful and the right thing to do. By following these actions, ASCAP is standing up for songwriters whose creative work brings brings great value to all businesses that publicly perform their music hmm yeah Yeah, um, let's see, um, let me see, uh, okay, songwriters earn their livelihoods by licensing the performance, the performance right granted to them under copyright law. Any business using copyrighted music has the opportunity to obtain permission to do so lawfully through a simple license, which covers the entire ASCAP repertory um of over 17 million musical works the average cost for bars and restaurants amounts to less than just two dollars per day for the right to play an unlimited amount of music oh boy two dollars damn all right two dollars oh man <laughs> ASCAP chairman of the board and president songwriter Paul Williams added in quote we want every business that uses music to prosper including bars and restaurants and are happy that they are on their way back after some very difficult years as songwriters and composers we must earn our livelihoods through our creative work and music is how we put food on the table and send our kids to school most businesses know that an ASCAP license <laughs> allows them to <laughs> to offer um, music legally, efficiently, and at a reasonable price, while compensating music creators fairly. ASCAP <laughs> ASCAP has made numerous attempts at the establishments listed below to offer a license and educate the business owners about their obligations under federal copyright law despite these efforts the owners of these establishments have repeatedly refused to take or honor a license instead they have continued to perform the copyrighted musical works of ascap's songwriter composer and music publisher members for that the entertainment of their patrons without obtaining permission to do so 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So basically, let me see. So this is like, this is basically in different states, actually. So establishment city state believe music hall atlanta atlanta georgia aka hotlanta ben's tune-up um asheville north carolina bleachers sports grills phoenix arizona um buford's austin texas the butchers tap chicago illinois sicarelli's premier sports club and eatery shelby township um missouri Mississippi, yeah, no, Mississippi, I think. Is it Mississippi? Yeah, Mississippi, I think. Yeah, um, or oh, Minnesota, I could be wrong. Anyway, um, Cowboy Roll Saloon and Chop House in Baltimore, Maryland, Mojitos Ultra Lounge. Atlanta, Florida. <laughs> Moochies, Moochies Tavern, Matthews, North Carolina. <laughs> River River Road Ice House, New Braunfels, Texas. Top Dog Tavern, North Carolina, South Carolina. Wally's Hampton, New Hampshire. Uh, that's Hampton, New Hampshire. Um, Widows Fletcher's. Uh, Newport Richie Richie Florida Hampton New Hampshire Yeah Yeah New Hampshire might be in Long Island folks All right so if you want to read about ASCAP you can go to you can go check out the website at ascap.com All right So <laughs> let's move on from that shit though man all right so let's get into slick let's get into slick rick all right this is from double xl mag every rapper has a story to tell but none can do it quite like slick rick whose rhymes and style have influenced the culture for nearly 40 years rick is arguably rick is arguably uh hold on arguably hip-hop's most superb storyteller and has a catalog of renowned imagine imaginative tracks like um mona lisa hold on a sec yeah mona lisa and children's story demonstrating his skill as hip-hop celebrates its 50th anniversary in august which is already doing it right now slick rick is honored with double xl's legends cover this is part of a digital series celebrating some of the most impactful artists in hip-hop's history which has also honored fat joe and little kim the london-born bronx raised amps i didn't even know he was born in the, in london <laughs> um bronx raised mc has come a long way since he made his first song of the show with dougie fresh in 1985. slick rick spoke with double xl in new york in New York City in late May and discussed many topics, including how his style has influenced hip hop and how his Jamaican culture permeates his artistry. Interesting. That is some interesting shit though, man. <laughs> oh man. 
that's some interesting shit though man um okay so he said in quote it taught us style you know my parents are jamaican so we got a lot of style from jamaicans rick shares the clock wallabies the slacks and the kango hats and the gold teeth and the jewelry the jewelry and stuff like that so a lot of style came from the jamaican element too so yeah gave them gave them their props telling his telling his fair share of stories over the years rick d knows how no rick d knows what it takes to be a compelling story storyteller what makes a great storyteller is someone that can draw their audience in and entertain them and not bore them and they enjoy themselves he adds and they are hold on a second and they are and they are willing to pay for this element at their own leisure you know and of course you can watch slick rick open up about his hip-hop style what makes him what makes a great rapper his career highlights and more in his double xl digital cover story below and of course you can watch the interview on double xl's youtube channel page go ahead and subscribe to that youtube channel so you can see all the action of what rick slick rick was talking about here all right all right so let me just make some let's make some noise for slick rick man for being in the cover of double xl magazine wow wow Yes, um, I don't know if I've forgotten to mention, I don't know if I forgot to mention um, in the last episode about um, about a documentary, a documentary that's out right now in, in regards to uh, Biz Marquis. Um, let's get into... All right, let's get into some TV show checkouts, man. This segment right here. Hold on a second. 
Okay. Um, because of the fact that um Bismarck is no longer with us, there's a documentary about his life. Um, yeah, there's a documentary about his life, according to um embrosureforeheads.com. Two years ago this month, hip hop lost a legend in Biz Marquis who succumbed to a long time bout with type 2 diabetes. The New York artist born uh, Marcel Hall was a famed MC, DJ, producer, um, producer, actor, and avid collector of artifacts. Um, from the culture, a member of the Juice Crew, as well as the Flip Squad DJs, Biz rep Biz represented a 35 plus year career with ties to Big Daddy Kane, Be Beastie Boys, De La Soul, Roxanne, Shantae, Redman, and more. Um, okay. Um. Okay, um, Business Life and Times is the subject of a new documentary directed by hip hop journalist turned filmmaker Sasha Jenkins, all up in the biz. The Life and Rhymes of Biz Marquis has a new trailer that unveils what to expect from the August 11th film. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it's on Showtime, actually. So, yeah, it's on Showtime, in case you missed it. Um, okay, so, Bismarcky details how he made the Mazda MPV a hip-hop symbol. The... One twenty-second trailer shows Biz's on um, trajectory. Tracy Morgan, Big Daddy Kane, DJ Hurricane, Daryl, DMC, McDaniel's, um, no, no relations to um, Uncle Ralph McDaniel's, of course. Um, that's a different person. Um, Dougie Fresh and Biz's family are among those who reflect. The preview alludes to business complicated upbringing, including losing close family. It suggests the artist's sober lifestyle and infatuation with collecting things. Archival footage shows Biz performing with Roxanne Chante on tour with Dela and taking fans to the building where he grew up. The commentary also points out that Biz Marquis made history as a Warner Brothers Records artist with, the, with his 1985 no excuse me with his 1989 single just a friend years before hip-hop artists found success through melodic deliveries and singing b-i-z struck r-i-double-a gold when he paid homage to a 1960s freddie scott single about the complications of the friend zone the song delivered biz to the mainstream years before he was a featured player on In a Living Color, appearing in Men in Black 2 or working in children's television programming. 
However, as hip hop heads know, Biz's discography runs much deeper than his crossover hit. The MC delivered seminal albums, including Going Off. Redman discusses his battle rap days spent rolling with Biz Marquis. Sasha Jenkins, a founding editor of Eagle Trip, has also directed Wu Tang um, of Mike's and Men, Cypress Hill, Insane in the Brain, and You Are Watching Video Music Box. In addition to Showtime, the film will be available on Paramount Plus. Here's a look at the amazing talents of Biz Marquis in 1988 video. 1988 video. Um, hashtag bonus beat shortly after business passing and brochure for heads. What's the headline podcast? Pay tribute to the life and music of Biz Marquis. Of course, yeah. He read that part, man. I read that part, man. When I'm, yeah, I read that part. Um, all right. If you missed it, if you missed the documentary film, it's on Showtime right now and also available on Paramount Plus. So y'all can check it out right there for yourselves and 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 everything else in between. So, all right. I think we covered everything, man. I think we covered everything, actually. Um, what is it? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's do. Hold on a second here. Hold on a second here. Um, I didn't. Well. I want to do munchies and drinks though. Let's do. Hang on a minute here. Okay, some new restaurants in, in New York, actually. So, um, number one, right here. Let me just go to, let me go right here, man, to Munchies and Drinks. All right, so let's get into it right here, right now. got some new spots of restaurants to eat at and we need to get into um let me let me find it right here and this is from timeout.com actually folks um okay so number one cafe mars this unusual italian restaurant has um oodles of perspective
Yes, oodles of perspective, hospitality, and housemaid pasta preparation. Snap the cute, um, the cute Castel Vetrano gel olives for your obliga obligatory social media post. Then enjoy the baked potato, um, nochi, and port and port rib palm. Which is short for Parmesan. Justine's on Hudson. Breezily chick um Justine's um feels effortlessly polished across its plush um banquettes and icy cool color scheme. It pours some very special wines by the glass and its American uh Wagyu hanger steak is one of this year's best cuts of beef so far. KFAR, it's follow-ups to follow-ups all of Williamsburg's Hoxton Hotel. First was Laser Wolf, a, a Philadelphia input that started packing the building's 10th floor shortly after op opening last year. Laser Wolf went on to a spot on our list of the best new restaurants of 2022, and KFAR is even bigger and better. The lovely sprawling space is verdant and comfortable, and the savory um, baked lava, Palestinian lamb, um, tartare, dorade, and chicken schnitzel are, are all outstanding. Wow. Okay, so we got um, rafts. The musket rooms follow up nearby on Elizabeth Street does right by its locations. Long previous history as a bakery. Rouse bread is the best in class. Wonderful loan or with its accompanying Lux butter and close to required for starters like the great st steak tartare. The Italian and French influenced restaurants um, terrific half chickens a clock above too. Um okay and we have bar vin vinaza hold on bar vinazo bar vinazo billed as a spanish wine bar bar vinazo is presently serving nyc's much discussed drink of summer for 2023 and it's actually a g and t Pair the gardener cocktail weighed with limited edition small batch ramp gin and that other titular ingredient with Lomo Iberico and Coquitas. All right. Um okay. Hold on a second. All right. Um All right, if you guys are in the New York area, right, and y'all looking for some some places to eat, I want you to check out the website www.timeout.com slash New York slash restaurants slash the best new restaurants. And you can check out all the restaurants in New York in the five boroughs for yourselves in case you run out of options, all right?
So, um, and I think that's it. Okay, man. We're going to go to our last segment right here, man. Right here, right now. Let's get into stream choices on the go. All right. Stream choices on the go, man. Here we go. Okay. Hang on a second here. I don't know what's going on here. All right. Hang on. Hang on one second. All right, y'all know the deal, man. Um, you want more? You want more action on, on, on the podcast shows and episodes and everything, right? All you need to do is go ahead and follow, follow the podcast. Of course, New York Avenue podcast. Um, is also my New York Avenue podcast. It's also on Facebook, Threads, and Instagram, alongside with other podcast shows on there which is excellent fun vibrant talks podcast the sports platform show that i do um meticulous vibe juice podcast that's also there as well and myself you follow me your homie g money stacks triple five in queens new york turn your notifications do the same for threads do this yeah, do the same for Threads because I will be posting on on there as well as the the episodes that's going to be dropping, and I'll let you know. And I might pull some questions on there on on Threads as too, so you can stick around for that one right there. And if you go to the link in bio of the link tree slash G Money Stacks Triple Five, um, I want you to download these apps as well as following the links um onto your onto your iPhones, Android phones, iPads, Android tablets, laptops includes Apple and Dell laptops, all right? Um whatever model you have for Apple and Dell um will be will be able to work. So and of course windows is included too so um starting with audacity audible audio burst amazon music breaker bullhorn fm castbox fm diesel listen notes moon fm podcast player fm pocket cast pod bay pod friend pod hound Podo polo podorama podcast index podcast attic pod chaser podverse podcast guru Podvine, Spotify, Spotify for podcasters, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, the number one app for music radio and podcasts. You don't need a credit card or debit card to download these apps, including iHeartRadio itself. So make sure you subscribe to all the streaming platforms that I just mentioned. And of course, make sure you follow 
um, my three podcast shows that's also on iHeartRadio as well, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, the sports edition show, and Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show. And alongside with Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Avenue podcast, that's also on there as well. So, and also do the same for YouTube. Make sure you grab that subscribe button the subscribe button on three of the YouTube channel pages, Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, the sports YouTube channel page, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and, of course, the primary channel right here, G Money Stacks 555, where you see all the New York episodes on there. And, and of course, click on the Noni Noni bell alongside with alerts and and tap notify me so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air via live stream of the live stream episode recording. And of course, be sure to turn on alerts so you can be reminded of when the show starts. And of course, stay tuned for more of your content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. And of course, you can catch up on the previous episodes, including the new ones, under the live section where you see all the live full episodes on there, all right? It's under the live episodes on there, folks, so don't worry, all right? And, um, and of course, download these episodes. Share the videos, share the episodes, listen, stream, watch these episodes, and of course, tell a friend to another friend, and of course, um, spread the word. Word of mouth is important, and be sure to um, be sure to share the link that says Linktree slash G Money Stacks Triple Five, along with the podcast, along with the podcast, um, as well as the links that's in Linktree with your husbands your wives your boyfriends girlfriends friends people you cool with from work every, everywhere else you meet new people wherever place you meet them whether it's festivals carnivals amusement parks birthday parties block parties barbecues picnics wherever all right and there you have it folks this has been an interesting episode right here um, I'm your man G Money Stacks. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me on episode 283. And you could have listened to any podcast in the whole world, but you chose to listen to this New York Avenue podcast platform. All right. And um, like I said, the name of the episode is Yes, We Like Some Soul Food Culture, which is dedicated to National Soul Food Day. All right, remember the grind is a stop, hard work pays off. If you want something, you have to work hard and earn it. New York wasn't built in a day, and of course, you can't expect people to validate you but yourself. You have to validate yourself because nobody's going to do it for you. And um quote from Ivy Rivera from Power 105.1, I actually kept that in mind because, 
you know, that phrase, I really kept that in mind because I really wanted to, I really wanted to make sure that I'm actually having fun with what I'm creating for you folks out there. That's actually um, listening to, to these episodes and shit. So that's really, that's really very important to me as an independent podcaster, you know what I'm saying? And, and it really means a lot that y'all helped me to reach um, in the two eighties um, as we are approaching the two nineties. So I appreciate every single one of y'all, man. It really means a lot. And also find something that you like that makes you smile creatively, mentally, physically, and spiritually that gets you into your zone alongside with tunnel vision. And of course, most importantly, follow your goals and dreams. Don't let anybody stop you for any bullshit whatsoever, all right? Okay, so I'm up out of here. I'm up out of here. Peace and one love. I hope y'all enjoy the rest of your week. Good night, everybody. Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-E-M-E-A-T-R-A-C-K-C-H-A-I-N-Z. N-Y-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, GMoneyStacks555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, Previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio stream choices to your friends.
The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks, and thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.